Hey there, welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is David, and we're so excited you tuned in today. Be sure to drop a comment below or visit us on our webpage at freelifechapel.org. But for right now, stay tuned for an amazing message. It's about to blow you away. Okay, so anybody my age, I am, well, 55 now. Um, so... Anybody watch Lost in Space back in the day, the black and white version? Warning, Will Rogers. Warning, warning. Anybody you remember that? Okay, hands down. How many of you only know the Lost in Space new version, like hit in the 90s, like it's just kind of the remake? Yeah, you know that. Yeah, well, the, old, the OGs in the place. We, we, we remember the, the, the old one, right? It, all that back in the, the, the space stuff. Well, the space stuff is kind of cool. Uh, we have this thing called NASA uh, that has produced some pretty cool stuff, right? July the 16th, 1969, the Apollo 11, it blasted off from Earth, landed on the moon. I was two years old when that happened. Crazy, crazy story. I still remember sitting in my dad's lap. He was sitting on the floor, legs crossed. I was sitting in his lap, and I remember watching a black and white TV as we saw that. I, 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 I don't know why. I vividly remember that. I was two. Imagine. But, I, but, but that, like, sticks in my head. The fact that I was alive during that time really makes me old, but that's okay. But here's, here's the phrase. They mentioned it on the video, and here's the phrase that matters. We're all, it all boils down to this. Here it is. You ready? We have liftoff. How many know it would have been really sad if it didn't work? Like they count down from 10 down to zero with the hopes of engines fire and we're out of here. That's the whole goal behind that. Na NASA, NASA, we have liftoff. What does NASA stand for? National Aeronautic and Space Administration. Just NASA is the, is the acronym, of course. And, uh, and, and they, they build rockets, this, this new rocket, the Artemis that they built to go to the moon. Uh, now it, it built it for $20 billion. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they just, just kind of just wrote the check, right? Uh, but, but I'll tell you what's interesting. The goal is to get that, get, we have liftoff. We want to hear that phrase when they shoot this rocket off. Uh, but, but I'm just thinking that, that, that NASA, NASA has more to do. In fact, let me just put it this way. NASA, before it was a space term, it was actually a biblical term. Do you know that NASA is a Hebrew word? I just happen to think that they chose this Hebrew word because the word NASA in Hebrew literally means to lift off. In other words, before the Kennedy Space Center ever chose this big word, God had already chosen a word that means like they're ripping God off. Do you understand? That's what I'm trying to tell you. NASA lift off. In fact, you hear, let me show you where, where, it, where it works. In Isaiah 53, speaking of Jesus, the sacrifice that he would be for us, check this. It says, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word born in that passage is NASA. He has lifted off your griefs. As you see the rocket take off, I want you to see Jesus taking your grief and your pain and your fear and anxiety. I want you to see it also leaving. Jesus died to lift off. He died to NASA, the heaviness in your life. That's one of the reasons he came. Uh, but, but, but NASA... NASA is not just liftoff and not just what Jesus does for us. Today, related to this message, NASA is an interesting word because it is the root word also where we get the word marriage from. Very, very interesting. Like, like marriage, like the word NASA, liftoff, 
is related to marriage, not just related, it is the root, it is the foundation, it is the basis which gives us the purpose of what marriage is. The purpose of marriage is to lift each other higher, to elevate the person that I am married to, to, to make them better. Like wives, or every wife makes the dudes better. That, but, but guys, we got to reach back and we're supposed to be helping them get better as well. We are there to take them higher in life. It's a relationship thing, according to the Bible. A life-giving marriage creates a home. That home produces children and creates a legacy of blessing. Today, today, I want us to talk about relaunching our families, our homes. We talked last week on relaunching our faith, and it's critically important that we do that. But here's what I've learned. If we're not careful, we will become so common and take the family so for granted, we will miss God's purpose behind the home and never get to maximize what God intended with the home. When God's focus, if I can be honest with you, is the home. It's not that we go out to the nations, and that's biblical, and that's a part of it, but not that's the second step. It's not the primary step. God's word lays this out. So we're going to speak to this today. Number one, let's talk about what it is that puts a home together. I'm just going Bible, y'all. I'm going Bible. It's not going to be correct in people's heads and hearts. I'm just going to go Bible. Let me throw this out here and just go at it because God did not check in with culture to make sure culture was okay with this. He just said, this is, since it's my idea, I get to decide it. I get to define it. And so here's what he said. He, marriage. Let's talk about marriage. Number one, the first part of this home is marriage. Genesis 2, 24. Here's what the word says. A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The, the, the picture that we have here is there's, there's, two, there, there's two counterparts. They're different, but they're equal. They, they, they have the they have same, uh, same importance standing side by side. They just have different roles that they play in life. It's interesting how we can, how we can so stereotype and categorize what the dudes do and what the ladies do, and no one breaches that boundary. But I'm here to tell you right now, dudes can still have dishpan hands. biceps and baby bottles right here baby yeah that's what we do like like right it's like whatever it takes like that that's what we do yes i iron my own clothes yes i do now Cindy's like let me get it for you. i got it i got it girl you're cleaning the house you're cleaning up that you're going there you're paying bills I, I can do something in this house to help out I love watching, I love watching like Discovery Channel and, and the History Channel, especially when they have the, those series on, on BUDS training, when it talks about like special forces, like elite forces, uh, that they've got, they got uh, sometimes they'll do one on, on Israel, the Mossad, like these secret forces or Green Beret or Navy SEALs, right? All, all these guys that are special forces, elite, they're cut from a different fabric. They're, they're, not, they're not like everybody else. They, they, they think different. They take stuff on. They're like, no, thank you. Uh, like it, it's crazy what they go through. Training. Watch this. Here's what's crazy. Training to do stuff no one else does so that they can be hidden. No one gives them credit for anything because no one knows who they are. To sacrifice their life for people that don't know who they are, but they're saving people that don't know they've been saved by them, but they get to. How does all of that come together? These are special, special news. Can I tell you, it sounds like marriage to me. 
You want to get married? You better be special forces. You got to be of a different mindset. That's all I got to say. Because inside that home, you're to live selflessly. There should be some training and some preparation to get my head right. That if you love your mirror, if it's all about you, do not put a ring on it. There's some growing up that's got to happen before you go there because this is special. This is, this is special forces, elite training. We're in there to lift. We're in there to encourage. We're in there to take higher. We're in there to make better. That's what we do in our marriage. That's what we're called to do. That's exactly what the Bible is saying here. And let me just help you. All my single people, all my single people, can I just help you with something? Start training now. And if you're dating someone who is rejecting training, please reject them right now. Run, Forrest, run. Because if they loving them some them, yet you understand you got some problems on the way. You'll be special forces and they're going to be special receiving. And that is not good. That's not good. It's got to be two ways in this deal. This is, this is Bible. This is Bible. So we got this, this, this marriage. And, and when marriage is going good, they start spitting babies out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. And, and that, that's what takes us into, now, kids and parenting, the second part of this. The God's, God's plan. Everyone say God's plan. That's right, right, that's right. You know, the Bible, the Bible just puts it all out there. And it's, it's not all pretty about families. Uh, King David, a man after God's own heart, had a dysfunctional family. They put the funk in dysfunction. Do you understand? It was funky. King David had a son named Absalom. Absalom was out to kill his dad. David was running from his son because his son was trying to kill him. How do you think? That's probably a dysfunctional family right there. Yeah, okay. That, that. What about Isaac and Rebekah? They had these sons, Jacob and Esau, right? And it was so twisted because mom and dad had favorites. Jacob loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. And Rebekah helped Jacob deceive their father to steal from Esau, his brother, what dad wanted to get. I mean, you talk about twisted and sick. There it is, dysfunction. Here's one for you. Eli, the high priest. He had two sons. One was named Hophni. One's named Phinehas. And these dudes were straight jacked up. They're at the temple selling spiritual opportunity for sexual favors. Don't worry, God killed him. It, 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 that's just kind of how it goes down. It, it's, I mean, God, God, God worked it all out. Yeah, it, it worked out the way it was supposed to. How do you agree with God? Like, yeah, burn, I'm talking about, yeah, I know, I know. Be careful, be careful, I know. Anyway, all three of these, it sounds like the Jerry Springer, Springer trilogy to me. Do you understand? Like, they are all week long in-house. We have King David, Isaac, and Rebecca, and, and yeah, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. This is, this is the reality of what, went on in homes there. In fact, God had to deal with the nation of Israel. God had to deal with the whole nation of Israel here because the whole nation was struggling. Listen to what it says in 2 Kings chapter 17. Check this out. While these people, talking about the nation of Israel, were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. Wait, stop. Worshiping God and idols at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. To this day, their children and grandchildren continue to do as their ancestors did. What? Mom and dad are jacked up, therefore the kids are jacked up. Idol worship robbed the faith of mom and dad and destroyed parents, and then it spread to the kids and the grandkids like a cancer. Uh, they, they were doing church, but not following God at home. There was a difference between home and outside. It looks good for an hour and a half there, but you get back home, and all of a sudden, we got a train wreck. 
And so we knew how to paint it up nice for this time while I'm in public, but when you get home, because how you know when you, get, when you get home, the makeup comes off? When you get home, the hair's everywhere. You just don't care, right? It's just, it's just nice to be just you, right? All that. When, when, when we get down to raw and real who we are, that starts coming out. And kids were learning how to turn God on and turn God off. Mom and dad play God, I can play God. If that's all it takes to be a Christian, I can be a Christian because I can do him for an hour and I can do me for the other six days of the week. This works really good. I, I can play that game. And if God's good with that, mom and dad, you're doing it. And if you're doing it, it shows me I can do it. And therefore, if, if God's okay with you doing that, then it must be okay for me to do that. So I'm just going to watch and learn. How many you know your kids are young, but they're not ignorant? Oh, they watching. They're listening. They've heard things. They heard you say things that you never knew they heard. Mm-hmm, they did. That's exactly right. Because you heard your parents say stuff that you did. That, yeah, all that good stuff, right? They're watching. They're listening. They're following. Got to be so careful because how I serve God speaks to how my son understands what serving God is all about. I, it's not just my words. It's more of what I do as opposed to what I say. What am I modeling in front of my kids and my grandkids? Oh, you better sure enough know when I get to stick a bottle in Malachi's face hole and I'm sitting there holding it and he's sucking that bottle down, I'm praying over that kid. I'm speaking God's word over that kid. I mean, Jesus loves you. Yes, I, I, so does Saba. Yes, he does. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, we're going in there. I'm, I'm speaking over his life. When it comes time to put him to sleep, <laughs> get to lay hands on that young man and pray over him for the next half an hour, speaking God's word over his life. I'm pouring it in. I'm pouring it in. That's what we do to raise up our kids to know who God is and by the way let me just tell all my single folk in the place because you think I'm not talking to you let me help you you're supposed to be a part of our house helping us raise our kids because here's the deal I was too old for my son to consider me cool but he had friends that were about seven years younger than me but they were his older and he would look up to them and what they said to him impacted him sometimes more than how you know isn't it frustrating where you tell your kids something and they don't listen and then they come back and say man so and so said this and that's so good like I've been telling you that for 17 years what do you mean they get the credit for that boy make me bow up on you right now I've been saying that thing it's crazy all my single folk, you need to understand you're a part of our family. It's not just family of origin, it's family of choice. We need your voice helping pour into our kids. They need to look at you. When they see your social media, they need to see that you're also Christ-honoring, having fun, enjoying life, getting your education, building your career, but loving Jesus out loud at the same time. We need you pouring into and helping us raise our kids. The truth is what we're dealing with today's culture that is crazy and toe up from the flow up. Today's culture is just a reflection of the home. You think culture is crazy? Go look inside the homes. And by the way, before you start hating on this new generation, don't forget we raised them. They came out of your house, came out of my house. Oh, thanks for coming. God bless you. Have a great day. Like, it got really quiet right there. Y'all jacked up with me now. I don't know. I just put a mirror in your face. This is Bible, folks. See, many, maybe some of you here today, you, you never had a home to show you what a godly home, a godly marriage looks like. You didn't have biblical principles guiding relationships, communication, Sunday worship, honoring God. We bring the tithe to God. We're praying over our food. 
We don't use his name to damn people. We use his name to bless people. It's, it's, a, it's a different, there's a different way that we do life here. Parents never talk to you about who God was, who God was to them. You, you never heard those things. And so for some of you, this is first generation. Like I've not been taught this. This is why it's important that we relaunch our homes, that we stop looking out there, relaunch my money, yeah, relaunch my faith, okay. But, but, but how about getting some peace and some love inside the home? Man, that right there, I know some people who have everything outside the home and have nothing inside the home. And they have to go outside the home to find some peace, fulfillment, and joy. And they come home and it just drains all that peace, joy, and fulfillment right out of their life. But when you and I can return the focus back to the home, refocus on the family, and begin to build that the way God said, all of a sudden, we start laughing at home, and we feel safe at home, and we're blessed at home. We are lifted at home. Now home is a place I run to. I don't run from. My mindset changes. If I can just make it home, everything's going to be all right. That's the home you and I can have because that's the home God shows us to build in our lives. We can have this. Turn to three people and tell them, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this. Let me show you God's focus and God's attention to the home and how he sees it because it's going to be different than how you and I have seen it. You and I have leveraged this thing called the Bible to going out to the nations, going to the culture, preaching the good news and bringing people in and that's all good but that was not God's first focus. Let me show you what it was. Genesis chapter 18 verse 19. There's this guy named Abraham that God chose in order to relaunch. God had a relaunch. And he said, I'm going to pull this guy, Abraham, out. I'm going to bless him, and I'm going to bless the world. But look what it says. Genesis 18, this is God speaking. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Watch. The promises that God made to Abraham were relied upon, built upon Abraham pouring God's word into his kids and grandkids. Don't claim promises longevity without you building something in the here and the now in your home and it's on your home that the foundations of the promises will last and outlast you. That's what God said. I've chosen him because he's willing to focus on his kids. I've chosen him because he's willing to talk to his grandkids. He's focused on the home. He's not trying to build a big name out there. He's focusing on the house. And as he builds the house, another generation of Christ follower is going to be built up. You see, this is how Free Life Chapel grows. If we can just make an impact in our home for our kids, for our marriages, for our, for, for our, our grandkids, when we begin to focus there, our single folks, when we get in and we begin to shape our mindset now, as for me and my house, here's how we're living our lives. My married, my dating life will be this way. My married life will be this way. My parenting life will be this way. When you get that established right now, ladies and gentlemen, the blessings of God have no option but to come at you from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and God will bum rush your house and take over. This is God's word. He says, I need you to focus back on your family. And the families of the earth will now be blessed because of you and through you. When I deal with my house, God blesses my community. When I deal with my house right, Lakeland is better. When I raise my house properly, Florida is a better state. 
when I raise my house properly, God-fearing, our nation is stronger because the next generation isn't living out of their own imagination. They're living out of the direction of God's word. Don't tune this out. Parents, we got a job. Let me help you. Train, shape, and direct your kids. Hmm. Your number one goal is not your kids to be happy. Today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be, yeah, well, sometimes it's not. <laughs> and sometimes it's not. No, 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 no. There were many days that was not a good day for Caleb. Nope, that's exactly right. We had this thing called Mr. Sad Spoon, and he had days of pow-pow. Y'all know what pow-pow is? Mm. That's just intense fellowship. That's all that is, just intense fellowship, just to kind of redirect some stuff. Hey, anybody have some redirecting in your life when you were growing up? Anybody have your, have your mom and dad grab you by the arm, and they hold you, and they just going around in circles, and they just chasing you while you're baby, and you just dancing in circles? Mm. Fellowship. Fellowship, that's all that is, is fellowship. Redirecting. Because my mom and dad's goal was not for me to be happy, but to be healthy. And a healthy mind has to be shaped. A healthy mind has to be trained. A healthy mind has to be coached. That's why a player who has great skills and talent gets on a ball field and the coach will still get in their face like they will everybody else's because we all have some honing and some reshaping to do. We have to be willing to receive the feedback. We've got to do this for our kids. Dads, I need to talk to you in this room. I'm calling out the testosterone for just a minute. You and I, I this is not something we relinquish over to mom and say, well, that's a mom thing. That's a nurturing thing. Let me help you. Testosterone needs to step in and talk about the goodness of Jesus Christ in our family. Our kids need to hear from us who Jesus is to us, how he saved our crazy tale from ourself, how faithful he's been to us, how he's brought peace to my mind and directed my life, where I was broken, addicted, I was jacked up, but Jesus, I gave my life to Jesus, and He's. I got a lot to work on, but let me tell you what he's done in my world. Dads, let me help you. You and I, we are the ones that shape primarily our children's idea of who God is as a father. If I abuse my son, then our heavenly father is an abusive God. I don't want anything to do with him. The love, the care, the encouragement, the words of building and support, we go there. You see, we can't just roar as lions. We also have to gear down into lamb. A lion and a lamb is who a dad has to be. And we learn to get in the floor and laugh. And we learn to apologize. And we model for our family what it is to be a man of strength, full of testosterone, love in Jesus, and all about my family because we stand on his precepts in our life. We teach our kids. You see, you can't control your kids. Kids can be crazy. Oh, look at me with that attitude. Look at me with that attitude. Some of y'all still got some crazy in you. It, it snuck out like parents didn't get it all out. Some you held on to some. I'm with you. I'm with you. But, but let me help you. You can't control your kids, but you know what you can control? Their environment. So, oh, all your friends that you hang with at school, I can't control all that because you've got to go to school. You are going to school because you're doing all that. Yeah. So, so your, hand, your friends want to hang? Good. Bring them to the house because I can control that environment. So they're going to step up inside my environment that I got controlled right here. And they hear what we say and hear what we don't say. And if somebody gets out of line, we fix it. 
Oh, yes, we will. And we'll find out if that friend wants to hang out very long and be your friend based on how we just fixed and corrected something here because if you don't like feedback, you don't like our house. No, because you're going to get some feedback here because we're going to keep some things corrected up inside of here. That's what makes us healthy, not just happy. Because I promise you this, if I didn't discipline my son when he was younger, then the police would discipline him later. I will train a young man to honor mom and dad, and I will train a young man to honor authority in his life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a biblical, spiritual principle that we do. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. You put those instill those principles inside them because the Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 20, I love this, Exodus 20, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. We quoted it this way, honor your mama and your dad or you won't be living long you can apply that however you want I'm just saying it just it works either way it didn't say that mom and dad had to be perfect but it did say you honor them and you don't honor them because they're honorable you honor them because God said so and in obedience to God I give honor and when I do God says the blessing will flow the way you handle your life moms and dads were not to provoke them Make them angry and bring, we should live our lives and treat them in a way that they want to return honor back to us. But we put this, y'all, parenting can be tough. I heard of a lady one time, uh, she was just in, 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 in the store with her kid, and the kid was acting a fool, doing some stupid stuff. Not like your kids, but, 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 but acting a fool. Just, just doing, and, 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 and the lady is going, oh, hold it together. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Hold it. Hold it. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. And, and, and. And one of the workers of the store was, was by watching the whole thing, and the worker comes running up, and, and she goes, hey, hey, Susie, Susie, I, listen, I, you, you, your, your mom, she cares for you. She goes, my name's not Susie, my name's Mary. She goes, well, she was calling Susie, and, and the mother goes, Susie is my name. I was talking to myself. Hold it together. Stop. Don't do that. Any parent ever been pushed by your kid? Like, you, I better call myself out and calm it down. Yeah, you know, it can be tough. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we correct with a purpose to teach, not just to punish. Corrective to make things better. So let, let me finish with this point. We've got marriage. We've got kids and parenting and grandparenting. And then it brings together this thing called home. Everyone say home. Home, yeah. Your home is not a castle. Your home is a sanctuary. You need to change your mind. Sand castles crumble. When we build it to our glory, it's a castle that crumbles. When we build it to his glory, it's a sanctuary where he's honored in and his presence dwells. That means if your home is a sanctuary, that means your home is holy. It's not holy because we're perfect. It's holy because his presence is there. What, why would his presence be there? Because we honor him with his word. Your way, your heart, your desire, your laugh, your joy, your blessing, your principles, your way. That's what we embrace in this house. Deuteronomy chapter 6, i got to hurry. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Stop. That sounds like, that sounds like a great command, but, but guess what? Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 22 was questioned by a bunch of religious guys. They said, Jesus, they thought they could catch him. The Jews would keep 613 commands. I'm doing good with 10, y'all. But 613 commands. 
And they said, Jesus, tell us which is the greatest command. Pick one. Jesus goes, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Jesus literally quoted Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. He literally quoted that. So watch this, watch this. Because I hear people say, well, okay, Jesus said we're supposed to love the Lord your God with all heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbors yourself. But, but how do you go loving God that way? I'm so glad because what Jesus referenced, he gives us the focus as to how is it that we honor him, we love him that way. Because look what it says, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7. The next two verses after you must love the Lord your God, listen to what it says. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to who? Talk about them when you are at home, when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, when you're getting up. Look, notice where God says you start loving him at home. Don't try to impress the culture. Don't try to impress the nations. Don't try to get everyone, man, my big social media. Yeah, but if you can't live it at home, you're jacked up right now, my friend. Let's get it operating and living at home. God said, Jesus says, here's how you love me, by talking about me at home. Well, Scott, you don't understand. I'm no, I'm no spiritual giant. I can't do this. I'm still struggling with my faith. I don't have it all together. I still got all kinds of issues. I'm, I'm just falling. I don't have it down. Look, it's okay. None of us do. But here's what God's strategy is for actually bringing about his principle, his presence in our home. Are you ready? It's a big one. He says this, talk about me. Talk about me in your house. Talk about me when you're on vacation. Bring me up in the conversation with your kids. Let them hear you give me credit for blessing you enough to have a vacation. You know why we're on this vacation? Because God's blessing our home. Isn't God good? Isn't that, isn't that, wasn't that nice? Do, do you like that mac and cheese you're eating right now? Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. That's right. You, 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 you got to help. Watch this. He says, build bridges back to me. Build bridges back to me. Look, you want him to be a great tennis player? Awesome. Amazing on the football field? Awesome. Scholastically going through the roof? Awesome. Great musician? Awesome. Wear it out. But they shouldn't be a better musician than they are a Christ follower. You want him to be a great athlete? Great. But not better than they are a Jesus lover. I'm not confused on where my faith and my hope and my life stands because take away all the talent, I still have Jesus in my life. You want to give them something they'll build the rest of their life on? Show them who Jesus is and tell them and then back it up. Don't tell them we love Jesus and then skip 20 out of the 52 Sundays a year and make God's house optional and then wonder why they don't want God when hell kicks into their life. We train up a child in the way they should go so that when they are old, they do not depart from it. I want my son's family to be serving Jesus after I'm long gone. I want Malachi's wife and family serving Jesus after I'm long gone. You can start generational blessings and break the generation curses, get joy and love and laughter and fun flowing in your house. God said it starts in the home. In Genesis, he started by creating the home, not the church. Man and woman, home. In Revelation 21, the last book of the Bible, the last chapter, the whole church, the whole world that are Christ followers, the family of God are seated around the marriage supper of the Lamb. Back together as family. From Genesis all the way to the maps, it's all been about family. God has used family 
the entire time. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you. He said, one of the ways that you will know that I am resurrecting this amazing move of my love back in the culture. He said this, I'm going to send the spirit of a prophet that will turn the hearts of fathers back to children and the hearts of children back to their fathers. What does that mean? That we're living in a culture that there's been a complete breakdown between parents and kids. And there's no love and connection and oneness and communication and influence. And God said the last day revival, the last day upheaval of my spirit is going to be in the home before it ever hits the culture. Because when it hits the home first, it'll begin to bleed out. And we start raising a new generation of Christ followers who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they know the principles of God's word. And they're standing on it. And they actually begin to say things like, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So here it is. The home, the family is God's plan for three things. Number one, spiritual growth. The church is not here to take your position. They should learn about Jesus from you. We're here to supplement it and back you up. They should hear about him from you first. That's internal. God's first plan is spiritual growth of your family. Everybody lifting. Everybody NASA. Everyone going higher. That's what we're doing internally. Loving, honoring, learning. That happens in the house. Number two, then we have cultural impact. That's now external. Because we've grown internal, now we begin to affect our neighborhood. Now we start affecting our community. Now our kids' friends want to spend more time in our house than they did at theirs because there's a peace in our house that they don't feel anywhere else. There's a love. There's a celebration. What is it about that? Now we start making an impact. We're living out these principles. And then third is generational blessings, and that's eternal. So watch this. Watch this. Spiritual growth is internal. Cultural impact is external. And general blessings, generational blessings are eternal. That no longer do we have a series of divorces going on in our home. No longer do we have a series of mental breakdown. No longer do we have a series of not being able to pay, afford this, afford that. But we're raising up a whole new generation that's standing on the principles I've learned how to tithe I've learned how to worship I've learned how to choose Jesus over friends I've learned how to keep my mind I've learned how to be successful in business I've learned how to get my education I've learned how to do single life so I can do married life I'm doing all this thing and we're doing it with a foundation that's unshakable so that no matter what happens in culture having done all to stand I can stand through anything because I'm built on something more than people's opinion I'm built on God's word Family. Somebody shout family. So you want to relaunch your family? I'm done with this. Come on out. Okay, that's scary. We train them in ninja, and they've got that down really well. Relaunching your family. Here it is real quick. You can't wait for good weather. They keep waiting for good weather to launch that rocket. It ain't never getting off the ground. They're in Florida. You can't wait for good weather in your house before you decide to relaunch. Well, let me get some things right. Well, I need to fix this. Well, we need to go. Stop it. Start today. Someone shout today. You got to go now. You're never going to be spiritual enough. You're never going to have enough money, know enough Bible, be the perfect Christian. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. But we do have to start. I've just decided I'm relaunching my family. We're going to begin to incorporate. We're going to talk about God. Okay, here's an idea. You know what? Once a week, just go with me, once a week, family dinner around the table. Oh, no. That shouldn't be a punishment. That should not be a punishment to your kids. I 
couldn't wait to have family dinner. We did it. We did it four nights a week, five nights a week when I was growing up. But around the table, no devices. <laughs> Dad, no devices. Mom, no devices. We're going to sit around the table and we're going to talk. How's your day? Hi, my name is Dad. How long have you lived here? Oh, nice. Great to meet you. Good. Yeah. Which room do you live in? Oh, third one down the hallway. That, okay, that. Oh, I thought I'd seen you. Yeah. Relationship matters. Keep it fun. Isn't, the table's not a place to preach. Keep it fun. Would you please laugh? Someone asked, pass the, pass the butter, please throw it. Butterfly. Poof. Just, just, would you please just have fun? But communicate and use that table as a place to say, hey, I want to share with something with you all. I was reading, reading a devotional the other day. Here, it spoke to my heart. How would you all apply that? What, what do you see here? And begin to talk about God in your home. Do you know in Judaism that the table inside the home is considered the altar inside the sanctuary? Because our home is a sanctuary, the table is the altar where sacrifice happens. When you gather around the table, you're at a place of sacrifice to honor God. It's sacred. It is holy. Take advantage of that. Number two, we'll miss the purpose of our home if we don't launch it. Your, purpose will, your, your home will always be jacked up and you'll never experience what God said you can have. And we'll live in one but never really experience one. God says, I want you to have all of that. I don't want you to have failure to launch. The only time the rocket's exciting is when it's taking off, when it's moving. Your family, your home becomes exciting when it's moving, when things are happening, when all of a sudden there's a joy there that you can't explain. Get the blessings of God moving in your home. Number three, family. Your family's too valuable to sit still. The cost is the next generation. If we keep raising the next generation to be less and less godly than the former generation, we have nothing good to look forward to. We have to raise our kids to know who he is. Please God and watch his presence and his blessing flow. We leave a legacy to impact the world. That's the plan. Our kids are watching. Our kids are becoming us. Number four, done with this. Your family is God's vehicle to take your life higher. How do you want God to bless your life? Please, everyone, raise your hand. That's not a trick question. Yes. God is watching. He's taking snapshots. I want God to bless my life. What do I do to get the blessings of God flowing? Do what the Word says. Go back home and relaunch your house. Start talking about God, honoring God, giving God thanks putting principles in place just in your home. You can't control every environment. You can control your environment. It's a sanctuary. Make it holy. Everything that comes on that TV doesn't belong in my house. We do change channels. Yes, we do. Everything in the, in the, in the music world, that's all nice. Turn that off. Thank you. No, you're not. Out of your phone. Excuse me, that phone that I pay for? Yeah, give me that thing right here. Give it to me. Oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, no, Cindy did random checks on Caleb's phone. Oh, yes, go through the emails, go through the text. Wasn't allowed to erase text messages. We look at your text messages. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we, we will call parents right now. Oh, we'll fix it. How many know that'll make you back up really fast before you're like, don't send me nothing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Why would you do that? Because we were not concerned with his happiness. We're concerned with his health. 
standards. We got to be big boys and girls as parents. Yes, we do. Generational blessings flowing. That's God's vehicle to increase your life. So in your family, watch God bless. Come on and stand to your feet. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I know. All my single folks, oh, let me tell you something. If you're dating and you think he's about to put a ring on it, or you, you dating, you think about putting a ring on her finger, like we're going to go there, you better qualify that mindset as to where they're going. Because if you've got to parent them for the first 10 years of that marriage, it's going to be a train wreck. If they're acting like a child, send them back to their mom and dad. Say, would you please fix this, and I'll look at them 10 years from now. But not right now. No, I ain't into raising adults. I'm into raising children. Set some standards. Set some standards. As for me and my house, I'm not, I'm not looking for drama. I'm looking for blessing. Don't raise drama. Raise blessing. That's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a standard. Let's relaunch. Jesus, thank you for the word that shows us how to live our lives in your home to elevate your word, to elevate your promises and your principles that we can experience all that you are. We want your best. We want your blessing flowing. And we're bringing our focus back to the house. We're bringing our focus right back to that place we call a sanctuary, that, that place where you can meet with us and we can control the atmosphere, make sure that your voice is heard. We're going to talk about you, celebrate you, honor you. We're going to make you primary in our decision-making process, in our attitudes towards those around us. We're going to be lifting. We're going to have a home of NASA where we elevate each other. We're going to build and encourage and let it be a place of protection and life-giving. That's who you said we can be, and we say yes to that today, God. I call a relaunch for our families. I call a brand new relaunch for the rest of 2022. We will live our lives different. Our homes will be different. Laughter in the homes, praying over our kids, declaring blessings over our house. God, we speak that today. Dad's going to the next level. Mom's going to the next level. Our kids upgrading their lives. The entire atmosphere. Our single folks realizing that there's a mission on their life to impact this generation as well. We're all moving together. Use us for your glory as we Respond to your word just the way you said we can, knowing that the blessings will flow right there. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you receive that today, come on, say amen, oh me, or something.